Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Really, in order to find quality care, you often have to be on a wait list that's months long. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. The aggressive advocates who were looking to overrule Roe for so long, they really had no idea of the consequences they might be opening up. In this case, there very well may be charges that are appropriate. For example, trying to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, right? That is unlawful. This is KCBS In-Depth. Before we get going, a quick note that today's program will be discussing the topic of suicide. If you or someone you know is having a tough time, you can find support by calling or texting the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Again, the number to call is 988. In a whole lot of ways, it has gotten easier to talk about mental health struggles in recent years. The message is out there now that it's okay to not feel okay. It's normal to struggle. And it's also normal to need a little or maybe a lot of help from time to time. But easier does not mean easy. And today, we're going to be pushing on the bounds of that comfort zone once again to ask one of the most difficult questions of all. That is, why it is that many people struggle with an urge to end their own life. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, broadcasting throughout the Bay Area and streaming on the Odyssey app. I'm Keith Menconi. Well, even with all this progress that has been made in ending the stigma around mental health challenges, this is still a plenty difficult topic to talk about. And you know that it is because just saying that phrase on the radio that I just said at the top, end their own life, well, it sent shivers down my spine. It was uncomfortable to say. I imagine it was uncomfortable to listen to. But, you know, with deaths of despair on the rise and suicide reaching near historic highs in this country, this question of where do these thoughts of suicide come from, how it is that someone can get fixated on self-destruction, and how it is that they can get unstuck, well, it's a set of questions that it's probably time we all got a little bit more comfortable facing squarely. So with all that in mind, today in the program, we are going to be exploring those questions with someone who knows them all too well. That's Clancy Martin, a philosophy professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. He just wrote a new book in which he gives a vivid account of his own lifelong struggle with suicide, which has included multiple attempts. 
It's an account that offers hope and a whole lot of insight into a problem that a lot of folks out there are struggling with as well. In fact, probably more than many of us would guess. That book has a title as bracing as its subject matter. It's called How Not to Kill Yourself, A Portrait of the Suicidal Mind. And Martin joins us now to talk about it. Clancy Martin, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for that wonderful introduction of this challenging topic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, this book that I think is such a rich resource, uh, although maybe we should start here, you know, with uh, so many of our listeners probably <laughs> squirming in their seats right now. Um, maybe we could offer a few words about why this is an important conversation to be having. Um, I think for a lot of us, the question of why someone is driven to suicide, uh, it, it can feel incomprehensible. You know, just uh, oftentimes we're just left with this feeling that you know, maybe it's just a, a sad fact of existence that can't be understood or really talked about in any kind of productive way. Uh, so why is it, in your view, important to try to understand the suicidal mind? Well, the stigma against suicide is as old as the act. That is, um, as long as we have recorded documents about human beings, we have documents discussing suicide and also documents um, stigmatizing, often punishing suicide. And the struggle inside the mind of a person who's suffering intense mental pain may or may not include the desire to end one's own life. And even if you're wishing that your life would end, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily willing to take your own life, that is to take matters into your own hands and to attempt suicide. But the reason it's so crucial that we talk about it is the best medicine we know of for helping with suicidal ideation and for preventing suicide attempts is simple human contact. So when mm. a suicidal person is speaking with another human being who is willing to listen to that person, immediately the risk of that person making an attempt goes way down. Um, the likelihood of them dying by suicide goes way down. And in fact, listening to someone else talk about their suicidal ideation also reduces your likelihood of suffering from suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. So we've got to talk about it because it's the best medicine available to us. Yeah. And even beyond that simple conversation itself, uh, another theme of the book is understanding these thoughts uh, as thoughts and getting away from the judgment about, you know, saying, they're bad or evil or, in some cases, virtuous and, you know, just whatever judgments may come up in the face of those very difficult thoughts. Uh, really, it's a case for gentleness that you make in a lot of ways. I think one of the most important things we can do as human beings, all of us experience mental suffering. And one of the most important things we can do, I think, is to recognize that just as you care for your body and you worry about your bodily nutrition and your bodily health, you also have to care for your mind and your mental health and your psychological or spiritual nutrition. And a big part of taking that care of being careful about your mind is being willing to accept without judgment all of the thoughts that come streaming into your mind throughout the course of the day. And there's going to be a lot of different kinds of thoughts that go on in there. And if you're someone who struggles with suicidal ideation, the big 
opportunity for you is to recognize that that thought, I want to kill myself, is no different than any of these other thoughts. It should, it need not have any extra power to it. And just like you have a lot of crazy ideas that go through your head that you don't act on, similarly, you don't have to act on that one. But how do you make the shift so that you can be more healthily disposed towards that thought? What I've found and that works for me and works for so many people I've spoken to, and I've talked to a lot, I've talked to a lot of people out of um, making a suicide attempt, mm. is not trying to repress the thought, trying to welcome it, trying to hold it, say, okay, here you are, you little thought of me killing myself. <laughs> I'm not going to run away from you. I'm not going to be afraid of you. I'm just going to hold you and, and then, but not act on that thought and then let it pass as all your thoughts that you have over the course of the day will come and then they will pass again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of, I think, really important insights uh, that you're uh, laying out there and we can unpack more of that as the conversation goes on. Um, I also want to acknowledge for any longtime listeners uh, to this program uh, that, of course, this is a topic that we have explored on the program uh, many times before. Uh, Odyssey, our parent company, has the I'm Listening campaign, which aims to bring awareness to mental health challenges in suicide prevention. Uh, and I myself has, have hosted uh, four annual specials dedicated to those topics. So some well-worn territory here as well. But I think what this book really brings that is extremely hard to get at uh, is, is the question of, you know, what is actually happening in the mind of a person who is struggling with these uh, suicidal thoughts. And uh, what this book has succeeded in is opening a window into that world uh, to help us understand those thoughts, have more compassion for those thoughts. And that's useful both for the people that are going through that experience, also for the folks that maybe are not, but are trying to understand those in their life um, who are. And so maybe this is a good point in the conversation to get to know our guide to this world a little bit better. Uh, again, we're speaking with uh, Clancy Barton, a philosophy professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And again, his new book is How Not to Kill Yourself, A Portrait of the Suicidal Mind. Uh, Clancy Martin, this is your own struggle uh, that you're talking about in this book as something that you've been struggling with throughout your life. Yes, my earliest memories are... Um, Colored, I guess, would be a helpful word with the thought of wanting to die from my very earliest memories, memories of the feeling the carpet. Um, I have at the same time this desire, very powerful desire to die. And I was young. I was six years old when I made my first suicide attempt. Now, I've since spoken to many people who made suicide attempts younger than that. Um, I, I just want to acknowledge that uh, for me and probably a lot of folks out there, that is um, uh, in a way uh, just a shocking thing to hear and, and really painful to hear as well. I'm, I'm so sorry you went through that. Yes, it is shocking. And, you know, I have a five-year-old son myself and to think about him um, suffering in this way is just, I mean, it just tears my, tears me apart to think that he, could be suffering like that. And I was recently speaking um, with a friend of mine and he and his wife and their six-year-old were watching the movie Beetlejuice, which stars Winona Ryder and the character Winona Ryder plays is obsessed with the thought of suicide. And they had forgotten this because it's a comedy and they asked themselves, what should we do? Should we stop the movie? Should we how should we handle the situation with our six-year-old? 
And he asked me, what should we have done? And I said, well, you know, this is just a really great opportunity because it used to be that we talked about uh, 15 to 24 as being this particular high risk group for suicidal ideation and making a suicide attempt. Now we've moved it back to ages 10 to 24, but that's just because the, the research is still a little bit behind what people are actually reporting. If you go to talk and talk to child psychiatrists as I have, they will tell you, no, I've had children as young as age five, as young as age four, talk to me about um, suicidal ideation and or planning, planning a suicide attempt. So one takeaway from this is particularly if you have children, um, when you when the opportunity presents itself, though it's going to be uncomfortable, it's probably a whole lot more uncomfortable for you than having the sex talk with your child, which you're going to also have to have at a certain stage. You need to talk to your child about death and let them know that if they are ever having the thoughts of these kinds that they can talk to their mom, they can talk to their dad, they can talk to their parent about these thoughts and that it's perfectly okay to be having these thoughts, that there's nothing wrong with it and there's no reason they should be um, treating these thoughts as something to be ashamed of or afraid of. Yeah. Because it's once you start getting into this ashamed behavior, this afraid of behavior, that um, a lot of the times the thoughts really start to take hold of your mind. It's a, a funny thing. The more we try to repress them, as I've spent a lifetime trying to do, the more powerful they become. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, acknowledging uh, how uh, difficult a lot of this is probably to hear for a lot of folks, uh, I want to remind them that for anybody having a tough time, uh, you can find support by calling or texting the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Uh, again, that's the easy-to-remember new number came online last year, uh, 988. And uh, again, we're speaking with uh, Clancy Martin about his new book, How Not to Kill Yourself. And I think that one of the things that what you're talking about there really points to uh, perhaps a lot of us have it in our mind that this this simple model of suicidal ideation that people when they have a, a, a tough enough time in their life they get pushed to the edge and that's when these problems really start coming up um, but I, I guess what that story speaks to is that these struggles with suicide for many people, it's just fundamental to the experience of life that they are having. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little bit more complicated than just having a tough day or just uh, in a rough patch. Uh, and um, again, something that you have struggled with throughout your life, as we mentioned at the top, uh, multiple, um, multiple attempts. You've been in rehab. You've struggled with addiction. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, pick that up where, wherever you like to help people understand a little bit more what this thing is that we're talking about here, because it's such a big thing. Sure. The World Health Organization tells us that um, their best estimate is 10% of the world population suffers from chronic suicidal ideation. Thinking about suicide very frequently, maybe even, you know, many times during the day, maybe every single day. Just having that thought go through your mind over and over again, wouldn't it be better no longer to be alive, um, maybe I should take my own life. And all the way back 4,000 years ago at the time of the Buddha, the Buddha listed this as one of the um, 
fundamental sources of human suffering, he calls it the desire for self-annihilation, which um, on the Buddha's account is, would not be accomplished by suicide. He doesn't think that committing suicide would make the self, taking one's own life would make the self go away. So, and the statistic that 10% of the world population, which means we're talking 700, 800 million people is probably low because stigma and taboo, although it's widespread in this country as well, it's particularly widespread in um, certain parts of the world where suicide is still illegal. So we may be talking about as many as a billion people who are suffering from this frequent, if not constant thought. Mm. And when we look at people who have died by suicide, so one character I talk about in my book, one figure is uh, Anthony Bourdain. And Anthony Bourdain, when he died by his own hand, a lot of his immediate friends thought, okay, this was an impulsive act that he had made. But when you look more closely at Bourdain's life, you realize he started talking about suicide in his 20s. And mm. he probably wrestling with the thought of suicide all of his life. And one of the reasons I think this is so important to talk about is, of course, it benefits the people who um, are struggling from suicidal ideation and ought to uh, reduce the shame and the stigma. But also, if someone has lost a loved one to suicide, I want to reach out to those people and say, look, it wasn't, don't blame yourself. It wasn't some one thing that you did or said, or even a series of things or that, that you did or said that led this person to take her or his own life. Probably you were one of the reasons they were staying alive as long as they were. Be, and they'd been struggling with this thought and fighting against this thought and telling themselves every day, looking at the thought, wishing they could do it, and then telling themselves, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try and hang on. Or it's too scary or it's too painful. Or there, you know, so many people have reached out to me over the past several years since I first started writing about this to say they were Googling how to kill themselves or how to kill themselves painfully, painlessly, excuse me. And they came across an article of mine and then changed their minds. Thank goodness. Um, I want to let those people know that this is not, as you say, it's not as simple as, oh, suddenly I was very depressed. So I made a suicide attempt and it was this one off. No, it's really important that people know that that's not the way it works. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, uh, real quick, uh, for anybody just joining us, this is KCBS In-Depth. I'm Keith Manconi again. Today we're taking a sobering look at the mindset that produces a fixation on self-destruction. It's a difficult conversation, as we've been discussing, uh, helping us through that conversation. We just heard right there from Clancy Martin. He's a philosophy professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. His new book is How Not to Kill Yourself, A Portrait of the Suicidal Mind. And um, I'm going to do something that I have not done before on this program, uh, even for all the conversations that we have had on mental health, and uh, bring in a little bit of my own experience, uh, because, well, uh, these are thoughts that I have uh, struggled with myself. And uh, it's difficult for me to say that, not so much because I am worried of what people will think of me, more so because I'm worried that people will be worried about me. Um, In particular, I know that my parents listen to this show, and I want to say that uh, I'm fine. these are thoughts that arise and they go away. I think when I was younger, they had more of an impact on me. Uh, now they kind of arise and, and, and don't have very much power at all, but they're still there. And the reason I bring that up is because I recognized so much of myself in this book that you've written, and it was <laughs> uncomfortably so in a few spots. And one of the things that really resonated with me is your argument that these suicidal thoughts can, in their own way, be addictive. Um, and I, 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 you know, when you said that, it, something kind of clicked with me, and I realized, you know, a, a lot of the times when these come up, it's because I'm remembering something that embarrassed me or something that I don't like about myself. And there is some strange comfort that you get from the thought that there's a way to get away from that aspect of yourself. There's a way to get away from that feeling. And I can see how that is an addiction in its own right. So I'm wondering if you can expand on that thought a little bit. Yes, it's a wonderful observation. And I applaud your courage in being willing as a public figure to to come out and say, hey, I've had these thoughts and maybe I still have these thoughts, even though they're less powerful than they used to be. You're helping people. What we know statistically a thing called the Papageno effect after Mozart's opera, uh, The Magic Flute, the character Papageno. We know that when media people come out and speak in an informed, rich way about their experience of um, suicide and or suicidal ideation, so the suicide rate goes down in the population that has listened to that um, or read that account. So you're actually saving lives by doing that. And thank you so much. What I wanted also to say 
is that what we think of as addiction is really what we're talking about is a habitual pattern of thought. And we have all these different habitual patterns of thought. You know, if you're addicted to cigarettes, part of what constitutes being addicted to cigarettes is the physical craving for a cigarette, of course, but also the habitual pattern of thought that this is kind of like a little reward for yourself. This is a break in the day. This is a little something special for you that you do that, you know, that you associate with a kind of relief, maybe a kind of pleasure, maybe a certain sort of um, idea you have of yourself. For me, it was alcohol. Taking a drink represented all these things that were habitual patterns of thought that had to do with my self-image and also ways I had of freeing myself from certain kinds of stress, discomfort, and yes, absolutely, especially self-loathing. You know, mm. when I drank a couple of beers, suddenly the, the um, self-loathing that has been a characteristic of all of my life um, be became so much less, you know, and suddenly I thought, oh, this Clancy, he's not such a bad guy after all. <laughs> Similarly with um, suicidal thinking, it's can become this habitual pattern of thought where, you know, as the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche says, uh, the thought of suicide has given many comfort through a sleepless night. And when you are, when the noise of all of your different failings that you feel that you have starts to drown, feel like it's just dominating your mind, then you think, okay, there is this way out. This, this I just have to flip this switch and turn the lights out on Clancy. I don't think that's unfortunately how it actually works when people make an attempt. I think when people make an attempt, they they find, as I have found over and over again, that um, the attempt actually makes matters worse, not not better. So I, yeah. I really think people should um, find ways to see that there are many other solutions to their problems, you know, as uh, this famous fellow who leapt off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived when he when he leapt off the bridge, he thought to himself, Baldwin was his name. You know, I suddenly realized that everything in my life that I thought was unfixable was totally fixable, except for the fact that I've just <laughs> jumped off this darn bridge. Yeah. And, and Baldwin survived. But once you have seen that this is a, a habitual pattern of thought, an addictive way of thinking, then I think you have the opportunity to make the move that it sounds like you have made in your life. And in the past six months or so, I think has started to happen to me miraculously. That is, I sort of shifted from thinking that this suicide was a good idea into recognizing that suicide is a bad idea for me. And once I can recognize that suicide is a bad idea, just as I recognize that, you know, um, drinking a vodka and soda is a bad idea. Uh, I can sort of still have the thought come, but it's much easier for me to let it go because I no longer think, oh, yes, and if only I could actually do that. I think, no, you know, I don't have, I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that. Yeah. You can fall into all those thoughts that I have that go in the, nope, I'm not going to do that <laughs> one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it becomes suddenly much less addictive than it used to be. It doesn't have that doesn't have the pull mm. that addictive have you know when yeah. you're really addicted you think you're in some kind of 
the most modest mental pain, the pain just say of slight boredom, and you're already before you know it, you're on your Instagram or you're on Amazon buying something you don't need, or you know, or you're scrolling through Facebook or whatever it happens to be. It's like it takes place before you even realize that it's taken place. Mm. And suicidal thinking can get that same way where you're suddenly in the midst of planning without even having realized really that that's what you're preparing to do. Yeah, well, it does seem like those thoughts can take on a, a life of their own if left unchecked. Uh, well, again, a challenging subject matter, of course. So for anyone in need of support, a good number to call is 988. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline once again. Again, the number is 988. And, uh, well, we only have a few more minutes left in the program. And I think a, a good way to close things out is to zero in on the how-to portion of your book. Clancy Martin, again, the book is How Not to Kill Yourself. So um, t- talk a little bit about what you would hope folks going through a tough time, having a rough day. What are the coping skills? What are the ways to get through that day that you wish more people were aware of? First thing I wish everyone would know is that once you're feeling this way, or if someone comes to you in crisis, get out of the space that you're in or get that person out of the space that they're in. Ideally, get them walking. As soon as you get them out of the space they're in and you get them walking, the pressure of the thought of suicide is going to lighten. So if you're feeling suicidal, just get up, get yourself moving, get out of that physical space. Obviously, if you're going to go for a good long walk, which you probably should, um, uh, avoid, you know, bridges, avoid places that might avoid, you know, high buildings, this kind of thing, naturally, any place that might be tempting to you, walking and talking. That's the the first and most immediate thing. If you're a kind of person who can't text or call 988, and I've spoken with a lot of people who just have a kind of knee-jerk resistance to helplines, and that helpline, I should tell you, it's a wonderful helpline. I know a lot of the people behind it. They're fantastic people. They can, they will help. But if you if you don't feel like you can reach out to them, text anybody, you know, or send an email to anybody. It could be one time when I was feeling suicidal, I texted my roofer and told him I was having a bad day. And he wrote me back and he said, hey, what's going on? And if the first person you text <laughs> reply, um, text somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. that little tiny bit of human contact is going to, again, it's going to, it's going to lessen the pain a little bit. It's going to ease the pressure a little bit. Another thing people really need to know, especially, If you're helping someone who suffers from suicidal ideation or you suffer from it yourself, is that there are things that you should recognize and you should have a list of these, if possible, will help you when you're going through mental pain. So for me, um, at a time that was particularly challenging for me, it was McDonald's ice cream cones, Hmm. a 99 McDonald's ice cream cone would like really make a big difference in my day. I have another friend, uh, Desiree L. Stage, who has a wonderful um, anti-suicide website called livethroughthis.org, which I recommend to everyone. It's just an account of a bunch of people of all different from all different walks of life with their picture and account of their attempt and then how they're glad to still be alive. Desiree was a Frappuccino. She would go and get herself a Frappuccino. She also had a list of movies that if she was having a really bad day, she'd say, you know what? I'm not never going to get to watch another movie if I take my own life. So one thing I'm going to do now is watch this movie. Another thing I would like everybody to know about is an argument the Stoics made called the door is always open. Look, the door is always open. 
You could always do this. So stick around for one day. Just wait a day, just a single day, and you'll still be able to do it tomorrow if you can wait just one day. And then what I also tell people to do is during that day, um, when you're out and about, I recommend taking a walk that day, uh, smile at somebody who wasn't expecting a smile. And then you will realize about yourself when you smile at that person that you are capable of creating good in the world. And you might've forgotten that about yourself. But when you smile, there's a, there's a smile that existed in the world that didn't exist before. And you created that smile. And then you might remember, yeah, it's, you're not as bad as you think you are. And if you could try to see yourself the way other people see you, in fact, you're probably someone that everyone really wants to stick around. Yeah, well, that's all beautiful advice and wonderfully put. And I especially appreciate the fact that uh, even with the seriousness of this uh, subject matter, uh, we're able to share a few laughs here because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, this is all a part of life and uh, a part of the daily joys and struggles. So uh, a really excellent conversation and an excellent book that I would commend to our listeners. Uh, once again, we have been talking about the new book, How Not to Kill Yourself, A Portrait of the Suicidal Mind, speaking to its author, Clancy Martin, who is a philosophy professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Clancy Martin, thanks so much. Thank you so very much for having me. It's really been a pleasure and an honor. And one last time, the number to call to reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 988. Again, that number is 988. Well, that is the end of our conversation, but I actually have a, a few more things to say before we go, because, well, this is going to be my last time hosting this program. A, a bit of a heavy one to go out on, I know, but uh, actually that's just sort of how the timing worked out. Uh, I'm actually departing for another job in the Bay Area media market, so... Uh, really quickly wanted to say goodbye and to thank everyone out there who has made this program a part of your news diet. It has been an absolute privilege to get to have these conversations each week with all these bright, insightful guests and with all of you out there. Um, so many, many thanks to all of you. Uh, I do hope you'll continue listening as the show will go on. Uh, and to end things out, as I have been accustomed to saying at the end of every one of these shows, one last time, for KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Keith Benconi. Be well. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.